On 11-16 SEM, the Four Diego's. Looks up, sees the options in the area, a little dink back to Vitezic, crosses to the back post, Nichols! Wanderers in front! It's Melbourne City nil, Western Sydney Wanderers won, and Mitch Nichols with a tap-in has brought this game to life. Little one-two, looking for Vitezic again, he was offside. And now, Neville allowed to play! Pia Vakari scores! And even though the offside flag was up, we're going to have a conference here as the referees will discuss exactly what went on here. I think this is a situation where the passive offside man threw his hands up in the air, told the referee, I'm not offside. The assistant referee was still flagging. That's Brad Hobson there holding the flag. And Peter Green is waving players away from his general vicinity as they try to work out whether or not this goal would stand. I think the Wanderers players are celebrating. Pia Vicari thinks his name is on the score sheet. Players are lobbying here. They're arguing. They're oh. making a case. It stands. The goal stands and it's Western Sydney Wanderers taking a 2-0 lead right in front of the Melbournians who are livid here at Amy Park. Running at Clisby. Fancying his chances. Now Bridge! It's three and Wanderers are home. It was a mishit shot from Soterio, but it turned out to be a perfect cross. And Mark Bridge tucked it in at the back post in the 85th minute. Good evening, amigos, and welcome to the final whistle here with the Four Diegos on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Wow, what a night. Thanks to the call team for SEN, Teo Palazzeri, Grant Brebner and JP Howcroft on a very, very interesting night for the boys. Well called tonight, and... Uh, Leading into the Diego's, we're going to take your calls tonight, 94291116, when the Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Melbourne City 3-0 at Amy Park. Nearly 8,000 people. Let's call it that instead of 7,910. That's more positive, isn't it? But Vinny Venezuela, you're in the house. I am in the house. Good evening, uh, Rodrigo. Good Hello, listeners. See- yes. Good Commiserations see- if you're a City fan. Yeah. Yeah, good day, uh, Carlos. How you doing? You're you're here tonight as well. <laughs> yes, I am here tonight, and uh, I'm wondering how we're going to get through the next two hours. And I want to thank <laughs> Melbourne City because uh, I'd love a Friday night or a Thursday night whenever they're playing, uh, and uh, actually being in the post match when they've won a game. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, be fantastic. Nice. It'll be very nice. Now, look, I, I left uh, Warren <laughs> till last tonight because you, you you're ashen faced, <laughs> if I could say that. You know, Warren Diego, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? Good, Michael. Thank you. Oh, oh, no, no. Michael's producer. our producer. Oh, yeah. Michael Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's lost it completely. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put a couple of markers in the ground right now. Okay. These are the markers, and it clearly goes out to not you, Rodrigo. I've only been doing this show for 24 years, and he still hasn't got his name right. <laughs> Actually, that's the first time I think I've ever no, done no, that. Anyway, that's, that's fine. How, that's how completely I'm out affected. of your mind I am affected. But I'm going to say, I okay, put some markers in the ground yeah. you, to Vinny and you, 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 Carlos. You know how the Vitasic was passively offside? Mm. Are you just going to be passive-aggressive right <laughs> yeah. now? Well, there won't be a flag who go, <laughs> won't be a flag to indicate. I'm going to say this to you, both yes. you, Vinny, and I'm looking <laughs> you in the eye, okay. and Carlos. Okay. If <laughs> the level of abuse of the team I support... Yep. Gets to a level that I find unsatisfactory. Mm-hmm. Hang on, from the callers or from us? 
from you okay, and we're you. Gonna, we're going to be totally professional. No, you won't yep. be. No, it's been going on for over half an hour already. <laughs> and I told you I'd reach my threshold. I'll walk out. No, look. No, no, no. Don't no, do don't, that. No, I will be. Don't do that. I will listen, be walking out. Listen, yep. Warren, I don't like change as much as the next person. I don't like it when they tampered with the offside rule and made it murkier than no. it used to be. So thank God nothing's changed with Melbourne City. What, right? What's your synopsis, Warren? The synopsis? Yeah, the synopsis. Oh, look, of I've the got, performance. Hey, hey, do, do, do I mean, announce the hotline and all that sort of stuff before we get the synopsis? Yes, he's, well, Warren's doing a bit okay. of soul-searching okay. now. Oh, okay. So the hotline is yes. the soul-searching hotline. Yes. 9429-1116, give us a call. Yep. Just bear your soul with the yep. Diego's. If you're a Melbourne City fan, bear your soul with the Diego's. We want to hear from you like we're going to hear from Warren right now. Yep. Oh, look, I think the question that you ask, Carlos, is a, um, it's a multifaceted one. What's wrong? <laughs> it's like... We can't play. What's wrong with the team? <laughs> yep. That's one component. Mm. Okay, within the team, the personnel. Yep. Within that, the coach. Yep. Within that, the hierarchy and management of the club. How about within the players, the little men in uh, their yeah, head? Within the player's head. The, the little head. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. So, sorry, I thought you were going to go to Manchester City. Yeah. I, think, I thought you were going to go all the way. Oh, well, I think yeah. it could extend right through. because, <laughs> yep. But in the end, I've been known at times to perhaps overreact to poor performances in my radio career. I mean, I've divorced Liverpool yep. and I've done a number of things that I regret. Yep. You haven't turned up. <laughs> I've never forgot to turn. No, that Keep only going. happened once, Rodrigo. <laughs> Keep going. Um, but here's, here's my call to Melbourne City fans, my call, yep. is that I feel that this is a time where we need our fans to come together. <laughs> no, you're right. They need, we need to come together yeah. and we need to find some method of, I don't know, I'm not sure what it is. We need to find some method of, you know. Personally, I, I personally, if I can purging. jump into if I can jump into, I understand fully if the Melbourne City fans out there don't want to go and see another game ever again. Because this club, as Grant Brebner so eloquently and respectfully said, they deserve to give something back to these fans. 7,000 of them, 7,910. That's right. Yep. Turned up tonight, mm-hmm. of which probably 500 were West Sydney Wanderers. So six and a half or so. No, oh, sorry. Uh, seven, seven and, a seven and a half or so were Melbourne City fans. Uh, really, the club is the club, the players, the coaching staff, the whole place is playing with these people's minds. And after what they did two weeks ago, and we had to do a post game show when they were so poor in that second half against Newcastle Jets. They came out last week and were brilliant against Adelaide and suddenly hopes were raised again. And at home today, all it was, Aaron Moy wasn't there, basically. Okay, because Norbo wasn't there, but Aaron Moy was the, was a key player. Aaron Moy's not there and suddenly they were uncompetitive for 90 minutes tonight. Uncompetitive. Offside or no offside? And uh, yeah. can I just say that that offside call or, you mm. know, the response from the crowd... It, you know, yeah. they were pumped. They were angry. And for a while there, City was, well, Navia was angry. No one else responded in the way I think their own fans wanted them to respond. Oh, I, I, I the, didn't see. For the call. 
I no, mean, no, yeah. post, post. Oh, yeah, yeah. What am During I going to do about it? Yeah, they, they showed more I, anger, anger at the referee. Yeah, they should have. Uh, and and for the rest of the game, they just were second to the ball, and they just weren't even competitive at all. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call tonight. It is the soul searching hotline, and uh, let's go to Sean in Wyndham Vale, who has been good enough to hold on. G'day, Sean. Welcome to the show. Evening, boys. Not a great night. No, not at all. So, tell tell us how you're feeling. Uh, livid is one way I describe it. Um, basically, I mean, credit to Western Sydney. We, they outplayed us for the vast majority of the game, so fair, fair. But that that call, I mean, I don't think these, these assistant referees have got the interpretation right. That's the second time in two weeks we've had the same thing happen. I mean, and the Wanderers were involved in both. Sean, what do you think actually happened there? We've we've had so many different interpretations. In fact, there's so many issues involved in that decision that I don't think I've seen as many issues <laughs> to right. discuss. It's a joke. Yeah, but, I mean, how did you see it? Why did you think it was a joke, that decision? I mean, you look at the replay. Four, the four, there were four Western Sydney Wanderers players, clearly offside. I understand about the passive offside rule. That's not a problem. But at the same time, if you look at it, the flag's gone up. Now, rightly or wrongly, Sorensen has stopped, and it probably at least one other defender has stopped as well. Now, yeah, that's but, not... That's, but, but, Sean, you realise that the flag went up before the cross came over? Yeah, but... So it wasn't the players in the middle of, of the penalty area that were the issue here. It was Vitisic who went for the 1-2 with whoever the other player was across the ball eventually... And because the ball didn't actually get to Vitisic, but the linesman had the, the flag up before when the ball was kicked to him, uh, that's why City stopped at that point. So it wasn't Pia Vicari or anyone in the middle of the box. They stopped on the flag. Yeah. Well, Sorensen had clearly stopped. Yeah, no, well, he, did, I, well, absolutely. he had time. But Sorensen wasn't the actual problem. It was two defenders who were actually defending Vitisic and the other player on the ball. They stopped. Yeah, the defenders yeah. were also there at yeah. for it. I'm not blaming anyone else, but at the same time, the assistant ref, I, if, if the assistant ref doesn't flag and it goes on, okay, I'll cop it. Yep. But at the same time, the ref, the assistant referees, it seems, clearly don't can't interpret it appropriately. I mean, this is the second time where you've got assistant referees flagging for offside, rightly or wrongly, and then you've got the referee allowing play to go on, presumably because he's he must, whether he's better versed in the interpretation or not, I don't know. Mm. But, and then you've got the hold-up, and that's what, I don't know what the majority of the fans were like, but that was the main reason I was angry. The fact that you've got the, ref, the assistant ref and the referee, they can't, they've got to be on the same page, guys. But, Sean, do you think that influenced the game? I think after it, City lost interest, and we had, I mean, basically, Naveo gets subbed off purely and simply because if he stays on, he probably gets a red card. Yeah. Which I mean, look, that's poor. That's probably poor discipline and overpassion. That I mean, you can't really do anything about that apart from telling to settle down. But I think it kills the game as a contest. Yeah. But Sean, can I just interrupt there? But isn't that exactly what uh, City needs? A bit more. You know, I know it's passion. I know Navia would be cutting it fine, but uh, you guys don't seem to be firing up when you need to all the time. And and you know, as you said. It, it hurts you that that second goal, and the, the the team seemed to lost interest, and maybe that's exactly why you you need to keep a Navio on because he's going to be hungry like the wolf. Exactly. Look, I I love the passion. I mean, did you, and you guys probably noticed 
Science and kicked his upright and absolutely stuffed after as well. He yep. went absolutely ballistic. Oh, they all did. They all did. I mean, and that's the passion. We have missed it from the club. The club has been sort of stolen, really. You've only had, I mean, apart from Sorensen and Neveo tonight, in previous seasons, the only person that really looked like when the chips were down, they gave a damn was Kiz Norbo. Yep. That's- Absolutely, Sean. It, it, um, it, was, it was unbelievable, and, and I agree with everything you've just said. So um, thanks for your call. Let's go to Frank in Altona on 9429-1116. It is the Soul Searching Hotline. G'day, Frank. Welcome to the show. G'day, fellas. Uh, yeah, look, my main concern is I've been following this club now. This is my sixth year, so I've been, you know, all those hard times. But I cannot see an actual system of play, a system that we're getting to. When we play victory, I know they're going to attack the wings. They're going to stretch the defence. They're going to switch the ball to Borussia and their midfield is going to follow up in the box. All we had was uh, nothing. One forward up there, nobody, no midfielders getting in the box. It was like we're playing three defensive midfielders in front of the defence. Yeah, well, Frank, I've got to say, in the first half at one stage, uh, they put up the possession stats. It was 82% to West Sydney Wanderers and 18% to Melbourne City. And it wasn't like they were, well, Melbourne City was deliberately staying back, absorbing the pressure and, and going on the counter. They literally couldn't get the ball because they were operating in, as individuals in that midfield. It was, it, I, I, I think, Frank, uh, you might be suggesting it's the poorest effort you've seen in the six years. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's not just that, but why, I can't see how we can have so many players out at this stage of the season. Like, you've got such a pre-season to get your squad right, mm. your players right, and then to start the season with five, six players with injuries and problems and that, that's inexcusable. You've got such a long pre-season to get it right. Your team management, the older fellas seem to be the ones that are getting more injured, if anything. Well, they need to be on modified programs. I don't need to know if we're doing this, but it doesn't look like we are. Well, they've certainly got a history. City do have a history of, uh, of especially their, their marquee players and their top players being out for long periods of time. And uh, I think on some of those occasions in particular, soft t- tissue injuries, of course, you've got to ask questions of the medical staff and the sports science people. Absolutely. Thanks for your call there, Frank. Really appreciate that on 94291116, the Soul Searching Hotline. And we're going to have a bit of that tonight. Let's go to Richard and East Bentley. Uh, Richard, you want to talk about uh, the hierarchy? Welcome to the show. How are you going? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you feeling? Um, look, I'm just driving home from the game now. And uh, I've been a Heart City supporter a very long time, since Musket took out Zara's leg, you know, all of that business. Yep. And uh, I wear my Heart jersey every week to the games, rah, rah, rah. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit and attack the players, do anything like that. I just, like, I, everyone just feels lethargic and just exhausted over it all. And I think the inconsistencies in the results Home and away, home and away. I mean, we've been there at Amy how long? Three, four years. We should be at least making an effort to play well at home. I mean, we can't win at home as it is. Um, and it's just gotten to the point. The, the offside was it was a mistake. We all in the active area felt that it, it wasn't a goal. All the players stopped, even the West Sydney players. And uh, as soon as it happened, the only players that were kicking up about it were Fornaroli, Sorensen and Navigo. And I know if Aaron Moy was playing as well, he would have been kicking up a stink as well. Because from what we can see, they're the only ones that actually really get into the game. I mean, Sorensen's 
getting the active area going and Fornaroli's really attacking the ball, but he can't do anything when he's copping three men every time playing as a lone striker. Richie, and, can I ask you, what would you say to the Melbourne, as a fan, what would you say to the Melbourne City boys, apart from the three that you've mentioned who, who obviously reacted in the way that you felt fit, what does a fan like you say to the boys in this situation? I don't know what else you can say. I mean, I think I, I'm not going to be raising a white flag or anything. I think Ben needs to have a serious sit down with the board and think about what he's doing in the game. Um, I think that some of the younger boys are still getting into it. I mean, tonight we were playing Quisby as a centre-back when Gisnorbo wasn't even in the side. Uh, if that's disciplinary like Partalu was, that's all well and good. I, I'm not part of the board or the coaching panel. But I just feel like we just feel lethargic and we need players like Sorensen who really just turn around and get the crowd going. Fornaroli who actually tries. I mean, Navillo tried a bicycle kick tonight and it didn't go in, but at least he's having a crack. And, you know, I mean, Moy's probably going to go in January and good luck to him, but we need something. And Corrin doesn't even provide that as the marquee either. Yeah, no, look, I, won't, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but for me, it's not the fact... I mean... It's highlighted by the fact that their poor performances seem to come at home, okay? But I, wanna, I want to put things in perspective. They go into the halftime game, and if you're talking about two weeks ago, or yeah, two weeks ago when I didn't come in when Melbourne City lost after being 2-0 up at halftime, you're true, I forgot to come in, and I'm sorry <laughs> about that, and I refused to come in, but I did, I, get, I, on the, I did get on the blower after, after the did, game. But here's the thing, okay? They were 2-0 up at halftime against Newcastle. And at halftime, they were never going to lose that game, okay? But they do. They cop three goals in the second half. Tonight, they cop three goals in the second half. Then they go away from home. I know to a team, Adelaide, who again got themselves beaten badly tonight and haven't won a game for the season, have in fact got a point since the first game of the season. They were impressive, okay? As a collective, both individually and as a group. And don't say it's Aaron Moy. Collectively and as individuals, they were very good against Adelaide in most parts of the ground. And then they come tonight. So for me, it's not a sense that they can't produce. It's the inconsistency of performance that's the key. Now, is that about preparation? Is it about, is it about the way they, you know, prepare? I'll give you the answer to this. It's not anything to do with not trying. These guys are trying, Right. When it looks good, they're all trying together and there's a, there's some, they're, they're gelling together. When it looks bad, it's all individualistic and nothing goes right. Confidence drops. I don't know how long it takes. What, what the problem is, this is a, conf, this is a team that every, seems like every second week is bereft of confidence. So what, I mean, some players, at least, I mean, if you go through it individually, the, the players aren't poor players. Sorensen in goal. Retray, I mean, this is a young kid who's done quite well this year. Chapman, he's a good player. Um, Clisby, well, he came on, you know, at half time. He's not expected to change the game. Aaron Hughes, the uh, Irish international, he's played a lot of games over in the UK. Pardlew's been uh, uh, played, even though he's, he's, you know, been out of form at different times, but he's played in. In A-League premierships, he's yeah. played very well overseas so, so, in Asia somebody too. Somebody said they were the second best yeah. team in the competition. Well, well Jacob Melling is, a, is one of the best young players in the competition. Garuccio is a good left back who's actually he's really growing as a, as a young player um, in that team. Fauna Riley is one of the recruits of the season. 
uh, Mork. Everyone's lauding Mork about the you know, way he's come he's come on this season. Kuzmanovsky, again, on his day, you know, he, he's a young player, 18-year-old. He's not expected to win games for you, but he's a good player. Good. So, Navio, I mean, we talked about how great Navio was last week. Individually, on paper, these guys are, there's nothing wrong with these players. They're quality players. As a group, though, uh, in games, and tonight was for the whole 90 minutes. I don't care what anyone says. There was no time in the game where they showed the ascendancy mm. at all. West Sydney Wanderers had them in check the whole time. It is a confidence thing. And uh, who is responsible for that? I'm not calling for any sackings. No, no. I'm not calling for any sackings. It's a time for soul-searching, Carlos. Absolutely. But, but, you know, when you talk about individual quality that's there and they dish up what's, you know, what, what was dished up tonight... Um, it's it's greater than the individual player here. Absolutely. Um, speaking about uh, soul searching, th- oh, thanks for your call, Richard, uh, from a bit earlier. Let's go to Matt in Roeville. Before we go to a break, Matt, um, you've been hanging on. How are you feeling? Pretty nice, to be honest with you, boys. Not only by the performance today, which was insipid, but by the fans as well. Like any person who knows soccer knows that was a clear goal. The only error was the ref raised his flag probably a bit too early. But as a junior, you always learnt, play until the ref blows his whistle, and the players made a very, very amateur error tonight by stopping the play. Um, the club... The club need to move on from the Melbourne Heart rubbish. That's gone. It's a new era. I'm, I'm kind of sick of the seeing all the heart here. It's Melbourne City. Just uh, move on, boys. And um, if they get rid of Aaron Roy in January, like, they're not going to be any good because without him, they're just they're they're a rabble. So, you know, I, I I've usually stayed for the end, but tonight after after the way they ca- like it was passion and stuff, but it was a bit over the top as well the way they reacted. Like they should know as players that you know it was a goal. And they showed the replay, and you could see it was a clear goal. So, yeah. Look, I I agree with you, man. I think that ultimately the technicality here was they didn't play the whistle. Uh, It doesn't matter what the linesman's doing. They had to play the whistle. You don't stop on when the flag's up. You stop when the whistle's blown. And it's a it's look. It was a split second decision. I understand full. I probably would have stopped myself if it was a defender. But that was a, for me. It was a clear goal in that respect. And even a bigger issue is it didn't affect the outcome of that game, not at all. And the reaction of the Melbourne City players. All I'd say to them. You'd be lucky that you're not going to get cited, Harry Navia. Oh, yeah, Navia. The way he was running at the referee. Yeah, he's got to be, he, went, he went a couple of times. Yeah, he's going to be very yeah. lucky not to get cited. And secondly, I wish they showed that heart in the tackle yep. or in the pressing or in working together to try and get that goal or defend the goal, uh, that, uh, one of the three goals that they scored. They should have showed that effort and heart and aggression then. Thanks for your call there, Matt. Really appreciate that. On a night where Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Melbourne Victory 3-0 at Amy Park in front of 7,910 people. Archie, Adrian, Ross, Damien, John and others, please hold on. We'll come to your calls right after this on the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. In the language of soccer, resign is a code word meaning the coach was given a choice of quitting, being fired or having the fans blow up his house. To all you coaches out there, happy coaching. 
We are the 4 Diego's. Thanks for joining us on the final whistle here. Michael Rodriguez, uh, Vinny Venezuela, Warren Diego <laughs> and um, Carlos Alberto Diego here tonight uh, on <laughs> the I final you, whistle. I told you. You did. Warren Diego, walk you're, out. you're here. Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers uh, defeated Melbourne City 3-0. Uh, nearly 8,000 people. Nichols, uh, pure Vacardi scored uh, his first goal for Western Sydney Wanderers and Bridge uh, popped in for a third at Amy Park. There was another game tonight and uh, Wellington Phoenix defeated Adelaide United 4-2. Krishna scored, Bonavazia scored twice and Rydenton scored and Goodwin and Sanchez scored for Adelaide. So Adelaide, um, there's a show on Adelaide like us. We don't know what it is, but they're, yep. they're soul-searching as well. It is the soul-searching hotline, 94291116. If you want to check the Diego's uh, on Twitter, at 4Diego's, that's uh, where you need to go. At 4Diego's, follow the Diego's and have some fun with us on Twitter. As I said, soul-searching hotline, or 94291116. Let's go to, um, well, let's go. The greatest city supporter. And one of the... Uh, Greatest uh, news, readers. news readers Australia's ever seen. Let's go to uh, George Danikin. He's on the road, and uh, George, welcome to the show. I've just pulled over, boys. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you did. But how how are you feeling? You're a big city fan. How are you feeling tonight? Sorry, before you answer that, when you pulled over, how many Western City Wanderers fans <laughs> did you take out, George? Um, I had to walk up to Ian Dicko, right? Ian Dixon. Yep. Who was one of our guests tonight? He was supporting the Wanderers, and I've got to give him credit. I said to him before the game, in, on uh, basically with a microphone on, I said, OK, Deco, what's the score tonight? What's your prediction? He said 3-0. No. And the whole room lit up and went, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, he was Nostradamus-like. And uh, you know what? It could have been a whole lot worse. So is Dicko in the boot of your car as we speak, George? <laughs> no, he's not in the boot. He's on the bonnet. <laughs> now, George, you are, it's Carlos, mate. Now, you are one of the most positive, glass-half-full, optimistic city supporters that I've yep. ever come across. Yep. Uh, how are you feeling right now? And remember, you're speaking well, to the millions of fans out there, not necessarily city fans, but look, fans out there in football. Calling, I wasn't going to call, and I had a whole bundle of people saying, why don't you call? Why don't you call? I said, what, what do you want me to say? Yeah. At the end of the day... You know, what we need is our best players on the pitch. We haven't been able to do that for any number of reasons. And I don't want and you know, to throw up stuff because people say he's only making excuses. But George, but I went through the list of players that. but George, I went through the list of players earlier. Yeah. Every one of those players on the field today, on paper, yeah. are good players. How many times have they played together this year? They've had the longest preseason in the history of no, world no, sport. No, 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 they no, played no, the FFA no. Cup. Aaron, pl- Aaron Hughes has not played with that group of players all season. But surely, George, that had nothing no, no, to do no, with the... I'm excuses. I'm just pointing yeah. out a few things. I mean, really, I mean... The, the... There, there wouldn't be anybody that would be happy after we're not, what went on tonight. Yeah. And that was as poor a performance as we put up. Yep. And uh, you know what? You've got to say, look, I always, I always think we never give the opposition enough credit. Popovich was awesome. He thought it out. He came with the game plan. They blinded us from the very beginning. I've always been a great believer. I don't care what the stats say. Tell me how many times you put the ball in the onion bag, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, they had three goals. Whether you want to uh, claim that goal or not, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I was disappointed by the uh, lack of professionalism by a couple of characters who 
remonstrated in a way that I'd rather not see. But again, it gave some of the younger players. I was enamoured by young Jacob Melling, who's a bit of a bulldog, and I love him. He went up and he said, come on, boys, stop mucking around, stop losing, you know, throwing, you know uh, dropping uh, you know, all this profanity, let's get on with the game. One of the youngest players, one of the least experienced players, showing up some of the others. And I thought, OK, I'm going to take a positive out of that. So even in the midst of a, of a poor performance, I think there are some positives. And until we get all the boys on the pitch, until they get... Even Fanich hasn't appeared yet. Yeah? Uh, uh, Zulo has, has played once, a half, a half, played a half, next to no pre-season. Kiz Norbo got a, got a freak uh, accident the other day in training. That's why he didn't play today. Otherwise, he would have been on the pitch. He was actually penciled in to, to play because I, I got the team sheet before the game. So, you know, um, a whole host of things that need to be done right. Uh, I can assure you there'll, there'll be nothing left, uh, you know, you know uh, unsaid. And there'll be no page not, not turned over. There'll be a whole lot of turning over. They'll want to close the book on this game right now and take, take store and take stock of what we've learnt. And that is we got beaten badly and we've got to give our fans who have been marvellous, even though even the couple of you know loose guys who dropped a, a couple of flares tonight, I was stunned. I thought, hey, I'm in the wrong ground. <laughs> I saw flares coming. I was like, clearly it's not our crowd. Clearly, clearly it's some other team that's usurped the, uh, the Amy Park, which is one of the great stages to play sport uh, on the planet. And I, I kept saying to myself, geez, I wish I could have played in a stadium like this. <laughs> yes but I was just never good enough. There well, you go. George, there's a soul-searching we're talking about. Hey, mate, thanks for your time, as no, always. No, I'm just, I'm just, now that I've parked the car, all those Western Sydney fans are free and safe to go home. Oh, good on <laughs> you, George. Well, Have a great weekend, guys. Okay, there's George Danikin. Thanks for your time there, George. Uh, big, big City fan. A bit like, uh, he's the number one ticket holder. Warren's the number two. Number two. two. You've got to be number two, um, Warren. Of Melbourne City. Thanks for your call, George. Hey, let's go to Archie in Epping. Thanks for waiting, Archie, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Archie. <laughs> G'day, guys. How are you going? Good, thank you. You're not the Archie. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't be no, disappointed if he yeah, was. that's true. <laughs> no, I definitely won't take that credit. But, um, yeah, no, look, disappointing. Uh, you know, that, that call, you know, we talk about that call, but we didn't show up tonight. Um, and that, that's the simple fact. We can blame the referee. We can blame all these factors. But, you know, I, th- I think, and I've called earlier on, I uh, called last week uh, against Newcastle, we lack the depth, and, it's, and it's, uh, it's evident. Well, your depth's definitely being tested with all those players out. So, you know, I think George Danikian said it, said it well. There's a lot of players out. There is still some upside. Rod- Rod- yeah, Rod- no, no, Rod- you've got to be you positive. Are, you are up there with the newsreader on this <laughs> well, one. Well, he's, he, you know, I've, just been, I've got uh, to uh, disagree uh, who, with who, Archie. Yeah, and... who, yeah, who, who is a bad player? I'll go through. Do you want me to go through a list again? No, no, okay. no, no. There is not one bad player on paper on that field and they're admirable replacements, whoever's out. In fact, I think some of them are better than what's out. So, I mean, Retray is in the position of Frenich. And he's Richray's one of the re- revelations for Melbourne City this year, I reckon. Uh, Garuccio is a good player. He's going through the list, Rodrigo. I know. No, no, no. I won't go through. You don't need to go through the list because you're right. Yeah, There's not a bad player on that list. Personally, it's a greater problem than that. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you what, uh, Archie, you, you made, a good, made a good point about the refereeing decision. Uh, that's certainly um, as much as they might come out publicly and uh, want, maybe want to deflect from their um, 
their performance by talking about that. Behind closed doors in their own post-mortem, JVS will not be using that referee decision when they're, uh, when they're looking through this game and analysing this game. There'll Absolutely. be a lot more talked about than that. Carlos, sure. is he going to say, uh, you know, boys, Carlos from the Four Diego's often <laughs> says you can't win with kids. Is he going to say that? Because is it just an immature squad that, that can't no. galvanise when it needs to? They're, they're you're, lacking, right, you're right about the, the quality. They're but lacking confidence for some reason. And yes, but we were saying again. that last year, I know, Carlos. I know. Anyway, let's uh, thanks for your call, Archie. Let's go to Adrian in Watsonia. Um, speaking of JVS, good day, Adrian. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How are you going? Yeah, very good, well. How are you going? More to the point. Oh, look, I tell you what, it's been. I've been following since day one, and um, yeah, like the previous callers have said, I mean, there's a lot of factors that are involved, but. The thing for me is um, JVS has to look over his shoulder now because what's happened in New York City, um, the Man City group have said, look, it's not acceptable. They've let their manager go after a poor performance with the, with the stars they've had in the team and they've put Patrick Vieira in place. But um, I just think going every week for six years and you just see box to box, they're not too bad. They do some good things. However, in each area, there's problems. And up forward, it's always been an issue being ruthless. A game, the game against Newcastle, um, they were like 2-0 up. And then they could have really put their foot on the throat of Newcastle in the start of the second half. And they rolled back on their heels and started kicking the ball sideways and backwards when they should have really took it to Newcastle and finished them off when they had the chance. And that's just happened too often. And, you know, seeing clean, clean sheets every other week, how, do you, how often do you see it with them? You rarely ever see a clean sheet back-to-back with these guys. They just let in silly goals and useless ones all the time. And it's just, it's frustrating because there's a lot of good people, good people out there that go to watch good football and you just see the same thing over and over again. And it seems like Van Skip's system, it doesn't seem like it's changed much. It might be time for a fresh set of eyes to, to mix things up a little bit and, and get the guys motivated and playing a different style of football. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating because you take more out of the team and what's going on? You take Fred out of the team a few seasons ago, what's going on? You take Engelar out of the team, what's going on? It just it, it, it frustrates you week in, week out. I don't know what else you can do. Yeah, it is frustrating. I mean, I think, um, I think what you're saying is right about their inability to keep clean sheets. Even in the Adelaide game, they were... They were a couple of goals up. They get to three, and then they score, and they, they let Adelaide while, sort of yeah. get in back into the game. And look, the inevitability about the Newcastle loss is almost when they cop the first goal in the second half. You know, the game almost turns on a dime. Then it's almost like Newcastle are going to have all the momentum, and then they get the penalty and so forth. So I think the inability to have clean sheets is is a is a problem for Melbourne City. I think. This year, you've probably felt that they've had a bit more of a cutting edge. They've scored more goals collectively through games. And tonight was probably the most insipid performance. I mean, even with Aaron Moy not playing for 60 minutes against Sydney, they were able to be actually up in that game just before half time. And Aaron Moy didn't play that game because he was coming back from international duty. So it can't just be him. It's, it's, the thing is, you try to pinpoint one thing. It's not just one thing. It's not only one thing. It's a collective number of things. But you do think it's the it's the Dennis Deduno vibe of the whole thing. <laughs> no, but it's a, it's it's totally intangible. You watch the game tonight. It's the performance, but the performance is reflective of previous performance. It's almost rolled out a mirror image. 
Absolutely there, Warren. Um, it is the vibe. Look at you. Look at you. You're a hurt man. Hey, let's take a break now and um, come back with your calls and uh, we'll catch up with uh, Michael Zapponi from Fox Sports right after this. So on the final whistle with the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Wherever I go, people are waving at me. Maybe if I do a good job, they'll use all their fingers. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diego's. My reading was that I saw clearly a flag up high and that players stopped and they scored a goal. So that was my, <laughs> this is what I saw and I think most of the people saw. And uh, in the end, they counted the goal. And what I already said, that was a, a very important moment. And uh, not saying that we, uh, we deserved to, to win the game, not at all. I think we were, we were poor today. There's John Van Skip with thanks to Fox Sports. And the man that was interviewing me at the time was Michael Zapponi, and he's joining us right now on the final whistle with the Four Diego's. Welcome to the show, Zappers. I thought you were going to play the Mark Bridge interview. That was more entertaining. Oh, we will. We will in the next hour, though, Michael. In fact, <laughs> no, we will. We'll showcase your skills throughout the show, Zappers. Okay? We couldn't hear it, but did uh, when you interviewed Pio Vaccari, did was it Itali- in Italian or does he speak English? No, no, his English was good. And the reason I, I, I you listen to the Mark Bridge interview, then call me back because that was, uh, <laughs> that was the biggest blooper of the year so far. Oh, good. We'll uh, Zappers, Vinny, he did uh, <laughs> apparently Pio Vaccari dedicated the goal to Michael Mifsud. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he, he did say that he found it, um, it is a very difficult, different style of football that he's used to and it has taken him some time to adjust the you know, he was saying there's a lot more uh, running involved, a lot more chasing down and, uh, and a different style. And, he, and it, uh, it was a big relief for him to, of course, score that goal tonight, a goal which was uh, shrouded in controversy, as you uh, heard JBS say. Um, Zappers, you're in, it's Warren here. You're in a privileged position of interviewing the coaches immediately after the game and not only hearing what they say, but getting a sense of how they're feeling, their body language. And I'm not a a big one to advocate that a coach needs to be any different in personality than what he is naturally inclined. But I feel, as a Melbourne City fan, that it's about time that we got something more from John Van Skip than just the, we were poor tonight. You know, that sense of, okay, well, we'll just roll on to the next game and everything will be okay. Did you get a sense tonight that there was any change in his body language, his demeanour around the performance when you interviewed him? No, look, I think um, similar to, to the game against the Newcastle Jets, it was, uh, it was almost like they were shocked about what had happened out there and uh, didn't, didn't really know how to answer uh, what had occurred in, in the preceding 90 minutes. So, you know, there was a few interesting things that happened tonight. You know, the, obviously the, the, the loss of Aaron Moy is a big one, but you, they, they have to get used to that. You know, Aaron Moy will play international football and they will have to cover for him. So um, that's that's not something that uh, they can point to. They, they have to have the squad to, to cover for those types of losses. But, you know, Aaron Hughes comes in and he plays 45 minutes and you have to ask, well, was that planned? Is, was that always the plan, to take your centre-back off after 45 minutes, then unsettles the team? So did that play a part in the turnaround? Because at half-time, sure, they were being outplayed, but the score was nil-nil. Mm-hmm. Take your centre-back off at half-time, and, and then things change. So um, they're the sort of questions that I didn't get to answer because we had a very short time, but um, they're the sort of things that uh, I'm sure the fans would, would like to know. Zabas, it's Carlos. Uh, 
There are some coaches over the years who, at the at the the moment they look a bit vulnerable, the media go go the throat. Uh, there's talk about sackings. There's pre- well, enormous pressure until the guy's almost chased out of town. Uh, Melbourne Melbourne Heart slash City probably hadn't had that scrutiny. I don't think I don't believe that scrutiny around John Van Skip's been there. Do you think now that's going to be greater, or do you think that they've almost been a bit of a protective species, the the, the people on the coaching staff there, and maybe even the people on the committee? Yeah, uh, to a degree, Carlos. I think um, John John Aloisi faced, faced mm. scrutiny. You know, he went on a, a long run. There was, I think, uh, 17 games or something similar to that uh, without a win. Um, and the pressure built up on him so much that uh, in the end the, uh, they did act to the board of uh, Melbourne Heart at the time. So uh, Van Schip's been there. Uh, he, he left the club and he's been back and we know that. But look, questions will be asked if, if, if they're so inconsistent. Uh, this year so far, they've played poor one week and they've replied and uh, performed well the next. We saw that in Adelaide uh, last weekend after losing 3-2 to the Newcastle Jets. They came out against Adelaide and were fantastic. And we thought, OK, well, here we go. This is what they're about. Tonight, very disappointing uh, all over again. So they just can't seem to put it together for uh, weeks on end. Now, there has been turnover in the squad. There have been injuries. There is a young squad out there. But... You know that that that's not good enough. They do need to be more consistent and show a lot more than they what show, what they showed tonight. And if it doesn't happen, and uh, next week they go to Brisbane, and that's a tough task for any team, and, and uh, they're not good and they lose, then then questions will will get asked. But uh, I think you're right. Uh, you know, other coach, coaches seem to face uh, more scrutiny uh, and have done over the last few years. Hey, Michael, before we let you go. Um what was the verdict uh, with the Fox Sports uh, team about the uh, non-offside, offside decision? Yeah, an interesting one. I think, you know, the, the, the linesman obviously made a mistake by, by raising his flag um, and that caught the Melbourne City players off uh, and they stopped. So at that point, everyone was in, was in two minds. Our, our, our view, I think, collectively was that it was the right call in the end because you have to wait for the referee to make the decision. And ultimately, you're judged by the referee's final whistle. And there was no whistle. Play continues. So the linesman made a mistake by putting up his flag, but the Melbourne City players made a mistake by stopping when they saw that flag. Yep, I think that was a verdict uh, in this room anyway. But uh, it is the final whistle. So, Michael, uh, (laughs) thanks for your time as always. And uh, good call today from you. And uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks, guys. There's Michael Zapponi with thanks to Fox Sports. Um, always good to talk to. We've got a couple of calls here waiting. Ross in East Malvern. G'day, Ross. Thanks for holding and welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah g'day, guys. How are you? Yeah, well, mate. Um, Warren's not. <laughs> yeah, you, um, That's all right. Uh, Warren and I share similar feelings because our side shared a pretty disappointing um, performance tonight out there on the park. But, I mean, you know, what, what can you do? I mean, this is... I think... It, it sounds weird, but this is this is a classic Melbourne Heart, Melbourne City performance. I mean, we come back, we come last week, we go to Adelaide, we win by three goals, we look good, you know, we've played well. Um, we're coming off an eight-day break, no excuses in terms of, you know, there hasn't been enough preparation in the week or anything like that. And, you know, a couple of key players go down, understandably, but, you know, we put a performance out there that was just second-rate, and I think I don't know. It's just like, it seems like Groundhog Day, really, for me. I mean, I didn't go tonight. 
Um, but it seems like every every week it's, it's the same. Every year it's the same. You know, we just cannot win games at home that we probably should win. And if we're going to be a good side, we're going to be in the top three or top four and actually make a play at the championship. We have to. We actually have to put out good performances at Amy Park and make the place a fortress. I mean, we just have never been able to win consistently at home. And unless we start winning at home, we're never going to go anywhere as a club, unfortunately. And it's really sad because, I don't know, it's just frustrating. Ross, uh, we can hear it in your voice, mate. Uh, thanks for your call. We've got news coming up, but um, thanks for your call. But just keep hanging in there. Let's go to John's ver- John very quickly from Mooney Ponds. John, you've got 30 seconds. Thanks for joining the Diegos. Hi, guys. How are we? Yeah, good. How are you feeling? I spoke to you guys a couple of weeks ago. It's almost like a, um, like a recording. Um, <laughs> I've heard all the um, callers and George and Nick. And I mean, look, I'm from the other side of Melbourne. So, you know, I could have picked out positives when uh, Mema Jurakovic was coaching. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of ways of looking at, you know, positives. You can say that um, John Baskip is a game closer from getting sacked um, if you want to be positive. I, I just... I, it's, he's pick, he picks... He's, he's recruited pl- football players. He hasn't recruited mongrels. He hasn't recruited winners. Um, he's played players way too early... Zulo, Gamero, there's someone else, and today Hughes. I think you're right there, uh, John. I mean, the inconsistency is unbelievable, but thanks for your call. Uh, We're going to have to take a break on a night where Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Melbourne City 3-0. This is the final whistle with the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. If your coach is not fired with enthusiasm, he will be fired with enthusiasm. This has been a profound coaching moment by the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us on the final whistle with the Four Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport, on a night where Western Sydney Wanderers defeated uh, Melbourne City 3-0. Nichols scored, Pure Vakari scored and so did Bridge at Amy Park in front of 7,910 people. It was a controversial uh, game. There was a controversial goal, and uh, we've talked about that in the first hour. We'll talk about it more. Uh, we're taking your calls tonight on the Soul Searching Hotline, 9429-1116, or your text messages on 0433-981116. There was also a, it was a double header. Uh, just in case you didn't know. Wellington Phoenix uh, played earlier against Adelaide United and Wellington Phoenix won 4-2 in front of 13,654 people at the Cake Tin. Krishna Bonavatia scored twice and Rydenton scored for the Phoenix and Goodwin and Sanchez scored. 9429-1116, it is the uh, soul-searching hotline. Give us, give the Diegos a call. As uh, Rodrigo, you've got uh, Vinny in the house, Warren and Carlos. Uh, yes, Carlos. Of course, our Kiwi friends out there who think that suddenly we should save the Knicks because they got 13,000 people <laughs> to this game after the, the big rallying war cry and all that sort of stuff, do it every week. Yeah. At least get 8,000 every week. And then I might jump on your board. A lot of people took their top off tonight, <laughs> though, Carlos. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, they did. So you're saying you double the That'll get the people crowd. watching. Yeah, well, absolutely. At least they went at home, it, Carlos. It's an added incentive to just stay and watch at the 80th minute mark, can I say. Yep. Hey, make sure you check the Diegos out on Twitter, at uh, 4 Diegos. On the text messages here, um, there's a lot of, uh, call, lot of text messages to start uh, at the boardroom level. There's a lot of calls mm. to. They get uh, a kick, don't they? Have a look at the uh, you know the leadership 
uh, in oh, the boardroom. Yeah. But no one should be precious. They uh, get a they get a kick, don't yeah, they? Well, the board. Yeah, yeah, no, but what, but. No, I, I, they're, they're great people. By the way, I know a lot of people in Melbourne City, and they're great people. So let's put that aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the players are going to get criticised, and the coaching staff's got to get... Everyone in that club's got to be ready to be criticised. So I think uh, fans... It, 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 it's actually... It bamboozles people how they can play a certain way one week or part of a game one week, and so poorly another week. So people are quite entitled to scrutinise every aspect of that club, every, you know, whether it's the medical staff, whether it's the sports science, whether it's the CEO. It's whether the boots started, Carlos. Uh, yeah, everyone to get everyone yep, should be right. scrutinised because it's a club, it's a team. If anyone's trying to put themselves aside from the team, well, that might be one of the problems at the club. Everyone should be in it together there, take the responsibility together, and you've got a chance of one day getting a club that is consistent and wins that people are proud of. That's that's all your fans want. A club and a team that they can be proud of. Getting a lot of texts about this is consistently the most inconsistent uh, yeah. team ever in the A-League. Vinny, what's happening at Four Diego's on Twitter? Oh, a couple of uh, interesting tweets. Uh, one from uh, Johnny. It says, uh, positives. You people for real. Defence is full of duds. You rate players that are below average. Stop sugar, co- su- stop sugar coating. This is BS. I think he's having a crack at us is there, that, by the that, way. Is there 140 right. Ks, uh, characters there? And there's, there's another one from, from Randy, which is an interesting one. Fans calling who whinge but weren't there uh, are part of the team's problem. Why mm. should players care if fans don't? Uh, and then the other part they're of they're getting it, paid. And then, he, and, then, and then he said, I don't even go for City and I was there. <laughs> where, are the fa- where are their fans? I'd find it hard to get motivated too. Yeah, there you go. At Four Diego's, make sure you check it out. Oh, the yeah. uh, fun and frivolity uh, Warren's there. It's Vinny's easy, there. isn't it? It's easy to get, yeah, to kick teams when they're down, isn't it? Really easy. Well, look, we can, we can actually play music for these two hours if you want. <laughs> People want to have the outlet. Absolutely. What? Okay. Now, what? People shouldn't be scrutinised because they're human beings. They're footballers who make a living. It's a football team that's there to be um, supported by fans. Fans have a right to ask the question. We have the right to actually critique. I'm solution-focused, Carlos, not yeah. problem-focused. Well, I, I heard you rant. Focused. By the way, you started so mellow at the start. Yeah, you know, so I, I ranted off air. Do you want to hear oh, what I've got to go, say? Go, go, Warren. Actually, we've got to find the right <laughs> bit of music. We have, I've got nothing I want. I've got nothing. you got you, nothing. Yeah, yeah whatever Cold it is. Chisel Cold chisel. Cold <laughs> chisel. Pedro on the panel, find that for us. That's when you rant, okay? you got nothing I want. Yeah, you got yeah. nothing I need, basically. Yeah. Um, so let's first before we go to your rant, let's go mm. to Henny on the road on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It is the Soul Searching Hotline. Uh, Henny, welcome to the show. Yeah, hey fellas, I'm heading back to Ballarat and I'm pretty off it. Oh, I've got to be honest. Do you come down for Ballarat a lot to watch them, Henny? Every week, mate. I've been away games, every home game. You know, I pull my heart and soul to the club, and JVS has been here for four years, and we dish up that. Henny, before you go on about that, mate, don't stop driving up from Ballarat for this for the for the city. That's noble. You've got to do it, mate. You've got to keep on doing it because it's guys like you that uh, that will uh, eventually make this club strong. Well, I tell you what, I'm starting to question myself and whether I should just stay in Ballarat and not go to the city at all because it's been the same same coach, the same results, same heart, and it's absolutely heartless. You know, no pun intended, but <laughs> let, let, let's be honest. Like, what's going on? We've, you know, we, we've tried to recruit the best players we can, and JVS is playing the same game style, and we're not getting the results. 
Yeah, no, look, no, I tend to disagree to some extent because of the fact that their best is good enough and their worst is even worse than an average performance. It's not the quality of the players. It's not the ability of John Van Skip to coach the side. When they play well... They're as good as anyone. Someone's got to be responsible, though, Warren. The players are responsible, Carlos. You just dig in. Tonight, you know what? What, they didn't try tonight? It's not a lack of... It's... Yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call, Henny. Warren, this, go. Is, this, is, this is your rant. Look, I want you to repeat what you said during the break with the same gusto. Well, okay. I'll say this. We've lost the music. Oh, no, no. Anyway, just say it. Just say it anyway. Look, you know what? I, th- I am angry because I don't think, and I see it too often in professional sport, players do not show enough grit. Tonight, in all honesty, with Aaron Moy not playing, with injuries to Kiznorbo and a few other things, what you needed, a draw would have been a good result, in all honesty. Western Sydney Wanderers coming off, they didn't show enough grit. They get to half time. Just get to the end of the game and not concede. Just don't concede. Find a way, you know. They don't do it enough. They don't... Oh, it just (laughs) annoys me that I often see professional sportsmen not show the amount of effort that I would equate to paddock footballers looking to get a result for their team on a Saturday afternoon playing second division. Just find a way. It's too pretty. It's too nice. It's too soft. Soft. They needed tonight, and I would have been happy sitting here going, oh, gee, I'm a bit disappointed they only got a point. You know, they, they were at home. They pro- But you know what? They didn't lose. They found a way not to lose, and that's Melbourne City's fault in whichever guise, that they don't find a way to get the results they need. And that's... And who's responsible? The players are ultimately responsible. There you go, Warren. Thank you very much. Uh, 9429-1116. A bit of soul-searching there from Warren. It is the soul-searching hotline. Let's go to Stuart in Point Cook. Uh, wants to talk about uh, where Melbourne City are headed. Welcome to the show, Stuart. G'day, guys. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm nearly home, mate. I've just been to the game myself. Look, I just want to talk about a little bit outside of you know where they're at as a playing group and that. They've got some fantastic names on paper and that, and they've struggled to get on the park and all that sort of stuff. But I'm really disappointed at, you know, the rebirthing of Melbourne City and all that. It, seriously, I know Manchester City have come in and they're financing everything and all that, but Melbourne people are a very, very educated crowd. And by rebirthing them as, Man- as Melbourne City and having so much sky blue in the uniform... There's a lot of people in Melbourne that follow other EPL clubs that are just going to say, you know what, I'm not going to go for them because they're just a, a sister club of Manchester City. I was around when Carlton were in the NSL and I was a massive fan of Carlton and they had a great squad. They played off in, in the grand finals and they were a pretty successful team the amount of time they were in the, in the, um, in the NSL. But if they had been called anything else other than Carlton, they probably would have pulled a crowd. And I feel like history is repeating with Melbourne City. What's your thoughts, boys? You know, I... Interesting point. I, I tend to disagree. I'm a Liverpool fan. I didn't have any problem with the the sense of Man City or being over being taken over by the Man City group and not following them because of that Man City type relationship. I think um, for me, they haven't been able to create their own identity. And one of the problems is 
that Melbourne Victory are such an all-encompassing team. You know, they have done the best job of any of the establishment clubs in being able to, you know, absolutely solidify their their followers. I didn't hop on board Melbourne Victory. I was a, a, a passive fan of the game, but I didn't hop on with Victory. So Man City gave me a chance to be with an establishment club. But the, the sort of, I don't know, the Adonis that Melbourne Victory are has made Melbourne City. It made it very hard for Melbourne Heart and Melbourne City to establish themselves. Melbourne, and on the back of performance, yeah. it's yes. even harder. Melbourne City could have closed the gap if they were a team that consistently won. Yeah, I agree. Like, people, people were ready to jump on board with Melbourne Heart slash City, and even with Melbourne City, people were willing to. There's a lot of people in Melbourne, and that uh, it was Stuart that said that Melbourne fans are very, very intelligent. They actually know their football and they won't be fooled. And you can't keep on just having goodwill towards a club if they don't start winning at some sport, especially having grown up with that club. If you've got to adopt a club in your 20s and 30s and 40s, they've got to start winning. There's got to be a reason for you to go because it's not something you were born with. And that's why I think the, the, the lack of success has been a real problem. And Thanks. they're not, sorry, Rodrigo, I was just going to pick up on that, but I, no. they haven't worked hard enough to to make people want to support them. And I, if I was just coming to the club now, if I was in the city now and I'm not born in Melbourne and I need to pick a club, I don't want to, why would I go for them? Why, why that, would I stick around, Warren? If they That's were, performance-focused, though, Vinny. If they were a winning team regularly, yeah. uh, you'd, you'd think about... It's a roller coaster, them. though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, the back office are working really hard to, to try and get fans, but it's all about on the field. Thanks for your call there, Stuart. Hey, Warren, slow down, mate. Don't be too emotion, emotional. You've got uh, Liverpool to vent in a week. Uh, people just are concerned a little Who's bit. Who's that? Of, um, just anonymous. Uh, Thanks, anonymous. If players don't try, whose fault is it then, Warren? Um, let's go to Rocky. No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. There is trying and effort, and then there is grit. And I think there's levels of effort. And I think we've, no matter what level of sport you've played, you know the difference between trying and showing real grit. And that's what they can't get and haven't got. 9429-1116, the soul-searching hotline. Uh, let's go to uh, Rocky. How you doing from Churnside <laughs> Park? G'day, Rocky. Welcome to the show. How you going, boys? Yeah, good. Thank you. Personally, I just think not enough players playing for the jumper. That's all it is. They're... Just too many egos there, probably because of the Man City and all this. Not playing, not playing for the jumper. I rang two weeks ago and I made. I was. What can I say? I was with the injuries and all that, but tonight, it just like they said, for JV to come out and say they weren't playing from the start. Well, it's his job to get them up and play to make them. Be ready to play. Rocky, didn't you ring up two weeks ago and yeah, say it was yeah. early in the season that you had to put everything, yeah, everything in perspective? I remember your call because you were the yeah, only caller on the night that was actually very even-tempered about it. So you've lost it after two more weeks. No, I haven't lost it, but I'll still go to the games. I was there tonight and I'll yeah. still go, I'll go to the next home game. And I'll still go. I'll pay a membership and I'll support them. But at the end of the day, the players have got to look at themselves and the coaching staff's got to look at Everyone's got to look at themselves in that club. I think you're right there, Rocky. Um, thanks for your call again tonight. Keep on calling the Diego's, 9429-1116. Let's go to Michael in Endeavour Hills. Uh, wants to talk about uh, the boardroom. G'day, Michael. Welcome to the show. G'day, boys. How's it going? Yeah, good, good. Um, what are your thoughts? Look, um, sorry, Warren, to disagree with you, but seriously, 
You look around our squad, and we've got superstars everywhere. Seriously. Bruno Fornaroli, he's an elite goal scorer. Harry Navio, have you seen his skills down the wing? That is something impressive. Gamero, also a fantastic AOE goal scorer. Moy, a class above the rest. And we have the grit in that squad too. Jacob Melling is one of the hardest tackling midfielders I've ever seen in my life. Boys, Clisby dives into challenges like there's no tomorrow. You cannot say there's a problem with those players on the pitch. There's something wrong in that boardroom. How do you go in two home games in a row? And, we, like, we were, poor, we were poor in the first half today. I'm, I'll admit that. However, we've gone in two weeks, halftime in a row, where we've come out in the second half and conceded three goals. Let's take Sir Alex Ferguson, probably the best talker in football, best, best manager, best player, encourager in football. He managed, what, 25, 30 years at Manchester United? Not once, 30 years times 38 Premier League games, plus European Cups. You did never see that man's side come out and concede three goals and be sloppy like Melbourne City did in that second half. John Vanship, big problem there. Huge problem. Look, the manager takes responsibility, but the players are responsible for effort. And I don't think that their effort... And again, I'm going to say, I know they're trying, but I think everyone knows what I'm saying with regards to a difference between... And if... And with all due respect to Jacob Melling, if he's the if he's the guy you're going to use in his, as an example of showing grit or determination or whatever, I don't think that's representative of the players that you need to be but, showing. But he's that. so young. He's so young. Yeah, yeah he's not. You know, he's put that sort of uh, responsibility on his shoulders. Um, in fact, he showed a lot of maturity keeping the video away from the referee yep. at, tonight. Thanks for your call, Michael. Very impassioned. Warren, Warren, Warren. If your players can't play for you, then you're dead men walking. No leadership. Let's go to... That's probably uh, a victory fan. That's, off, yeah. that's yep. off the SMS. That's off yep. the SMS. How many years ago did they have two coaches in the one season? I'm just saying that it happens to every team. It does. Let's go to Luke in Ballarat on 9429 1116. G'day, Luke. Welcome to the show. Are you there, mate? Yeah, no, we're here. You? We're here. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say I was up in the Olympic room tonight and uh, you'll have a look around at the players we have out. You know, we've got Franich, Zulo, James Brown, uh, Corrin, uh, David Williams was up there. That's more than half a team. It's nearly a full team of first-team players. I think we're jumping down the players' throats a bit a bit early when really it was a second-string team. But, I mean, Aaron Moy, he was virtually non-existent tonight. Well, he wasn't there. <laughs> well, yes, that you couldn't have put a bet in myself. Yeah. <laughs> well as well as in Bangladesh, mate. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure, Luke. But look, I mean... David Williams, uh, you know, he's obviously had a, an interrupted pre-season. But uh, who would you have let... I suppose Kuzminovsky came in for him today. But really, on, on balance, probably Kuzminovsky's been as good as Williams this year because of the on and off, uh, you know, status of, of the fact that David's not been playing a lot of the games. But Kuzminovsky was coming off the bench too. I, don't, I, I really don't... Corrin hasn't been great when, he, when he's been playing for the side. I really believe... You know, maybe Zulo and Frenich, yes, uh, fully fit, up and running, full preseason behind them, no problem. But they're going to take a while, even when they're right to play, they're going to take a while to get into it because they haven't had a full preseason. It's been very interrupted. So those two you'd expect would make a difference. But uh, you know, uh, this whole thing about players being out, they had a, they had a, a good squad in tonight, uh, coming off a good win in Adelaide. 
and you'd think that uh, that they would have been fine. They need a witch doctor, mate. They need a. They, there's something. There's something hovering over Melbourne City slash Melbourne Heart. Yep. They they never get. They never cut a break. They've either got players injured for a, for a long period or players they've just bought that can't make the pitch. <sighs> There you go. Oh, Vinny, a bit of a groan there by Vinny Venezuela. West- I'd, go, I'd go with Dr. Phil <laughs> instead of uh, the witch doctor. <laughs> yeah, Dr. No, I, I want. Well, I think you should do this. <laughs> anyway, Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Melbourne City, just in case you haven't heard, 3-0. Nichols, Piovacari and uh, Bridge scored for the Wanderers at Amy Park in front of 7,910 people. Let's take a break now on the final whistle and come back with more of your calls on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Winning is a beautiful thing. When you win, you eat better, sleep better, your beer tastes better, and your wife looks like Paris Hilton. Geez, I love this game. This is the Four Diego's. With the final whistle here on a Friday night, thanks for joining us. The Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Melbourne City 3-0. Nichols, Piovacari and Bridge scored uh, for Wanderers at Amy Park, 7,910. Wellington Phoenix defeated uh, Adelaide United 4-2 at the Caketon in front of nearly 14,000 people. Warren? I wouldn't ever question the technique that you have in terms of in front of the microphone, but what are you talking about? I'm starting to <laughs> resent the fact that after every break you come back with the score. No, no, you've as got if to do they that. Aren't, as if they don't know already that Western Sydney Wanderers... Div- and people listening us to us now, they know the result, Rodrigo. Warren, this is radio. We've been doing it for 24 years, and that's what you're supposed to do. It's not about you, Warren. By the way, if anyone wants to see Warren in yes. the middle of his rant... A fantastic little image shot by Vinny Venezuela for his Without mic. my permission. On Twitter, <laughs> at 40 goes go there right now. Brilliant photo of Warren just losing it. And anyone who thinks that this and is contrived, Carlos? No. They Wait think, till they see the photo. Yeah. There are people that I speak to out mm. in the public, mm. you know, out mm. in the wider confines of the world. Oh, you're a public speaker. Yeah. <laughs> they think that at times... The controversy between us, no. in particular, is this contrived. Is real. It's real. It's real. Actually, and that was it's so. It's so real that you've really got chestnut hair and you've got olive skin. But when they look at the photo, it's like Ranga City. <laughs> it's Your not face con- is just red with it's anger. Not contrived. Get on at Four Diego's to see and, Warren lose it. And can I just say, Warren, I will continue taking photos of you without permission and posting them online <laughs> until I get my wine for the that you promised me for the, uh, the, yes, the yes. derby win victory had over yeah. your team. Did I get any joy in the year that victory... Did I... And I'm just trying to think back. I'd like to go back over the tapes. <laughs> did I get any joy in the year that victory were... Absolutely. You Did got I get joy? Yes, absolutely. Oh, good. There's a good chance you guys weren't much in, better than us fact, anyway. In fact, we got a lot of victory hate mail. <laughs> that's right. you. that's, you that's a, good. You were calling for Ernie Merrick's head yeah. after the first round. Absolutely. Oh, that was not me. No. Anyway. Rodrigo, sorry, can I just read one uh, another tweet? It's from Randy, the guy who came in talking about the, the City fans who weren't showing up. He said, uh, don't get me wrong, fans can whinge, but turn up for your team if you want to bag them. The Ballarat bloke is a legend. Yeah, yes. great. And keep Good. on driving Good down. For, actually, looks like they've got a, a nice little pocket of uh, fans in Ballarat. Keep on the convoy down Ballarat Road to Melbourne and, uh, and just stick with the club because it's people like you that will make this club strong. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen Soul Searching Hotline. That is the hotline tonight. We've had a lot of calls tonight, so thank you. Keep calling nine four two nine eleven sixteen. City now spruiking. They're signing a New York City player as a guest. 
Lampard or Pirlo won't fix anything. That's the uh, text message coming off. Warren, well, you hearing anything? Will it make a difference? Uh, yeah, no, it was before. Look, um, at best, yes. At worst, Lamp- it's a gimmick. Lampard won't make a difference. No, no, they need a goal scorer. Uh, and Perlo, well, no. no, unless they can get the ball to him and uh, to to do something, they can actually. He get, he gets the ball deep, and you've got to be able to make the runs, read his read his passes, and uh, you know, I don't know. They've, they've got the pasty piddler anyway. Yeah. They don't need the real. But one. they had Via, <laughs> and I know it's only for four it's games. It's gimmicky. They, it's only for four games, but they won't come and do a preseason. They just rock up. You know, I like, and they'll start, it's supposed to be for thirteen games or something. There's no way Lampard and Perlo will play for your thirteen games. I do I'm, like the pasty Perlo. You know who's referring to Moy. Just took a look <laughs> at you, Warren. Um, I jump. Brian from Footscray has just jumped off completely. I jump from Melbourne City to Melbourne Victory. Melbourne City need to show a bit of heart. There you go. Nice one there, Brett from St Albans. Good call. Spit, split personality disorder. That's the problem. Theo in Hampton. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. A lot of talk from about John Van Skip losing the players. Um, interesting. It's obvious JVS can't get the best effort out of his players. He needs to move on. It uh, it just goes on and on and on and on. So that, it, look, it's. You know, John John Van Skip's a lovely guy, yep. and I think he's done a lot for that club over over the time. He's really been a foundation coach. Okay, he had a bit of a break in between, uh, but everyone's under scrutiny there, and I don't think he's been in the game long enough to know that everyone, including yeah. himself, would be under scrutiny. That's just coming off the text message, Carlos, 0433981116. And now on the um, soul-searching hotline, let's go to Andrew's. Andrew in Wheeler's Hill wants to talk about the coaching staff. G'day, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys, fellas. Um, I've been supporting City slash Heart ever since they come into the A-League, and it just seems like week after week, it's the same stuff. You get one week where we play the other team off the park and smash them, but then followed by three bad, three bad home games, or three bad games in general. I think the last SMS was right. I think John Van Schip to go. Yeah, he's done a lot for the club, but the coach is meant to get the team together on game day and ready for a performance. To come out and say they didn't play well from the start, well, he's paid to make them play, regardless of who's injured or who's off. Just want to get your thoughts. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with the fact that if the coach is going to get paid for anything, he's actually going to get paid for making sure that the performance is consistent. And that's definitely a real issue for John Van Skip. And an admission of the fact that he didn't think they started well is a, is an admission. But again, players have control of the way they perform. And in games, and in all professional sport now, it goes, and I would say in football as much as anything, it is a game of momentum. It's, it's a game of, you know, when you haven't got it, you've got to defend. And in all honesty, they were poor in the first half, City. We forget it was nil-nil. So as much as... They'd been poor. They'd got to half time, having not been good from the start. Now there are some games you have to accept that, and you just find a way not to lose. They come out after half time. Okay, the couple of changes may have made a difference, but do they. We, do we know why? No, we don't. Went off nothing's been said. But they conceded in the forty sixth, forty seventh minute. But they, it didn't look at all in that first half. If Hughes was at fault for some reason. Uh, or they didn't like the way he was playing, which is weird because he's a very experienced player. I'd like to think he's probably not right. Maybe, 
But it's a strange call it, if it's a, a management yeah, issue, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You'd think it'd be 60 or 70 minutes, and also you wouldn't be playing around with a centre of defence, bringing in Jack Clisby, who's not used to playing When you the haven't centre. got Kiz Norbo. Yeah, yep. so, uh, yeah, it, 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 I'd like to get clarity on uh, on why they were I, subbed. I agree with Warren, and I, look, I've got to say that Melbourne City, their second halves have, have often been worse than their first halves, or things have got spiraled, yeah, yeah well, they've spiraled out of control, and, and, and I need a gaffer. To, to turn that around, good gaffers give you a spark. Like even Ange Post, well Ange Postacoglu, if the Socceroos are playing, have got the play a bad first half, they come out fired up and something's changed and something's different. Yeah, but Vinny, you know the point that Warren was. I, I don't believe any of those players aren't trying. They're all they're all trying, right? But it's a scratching and clawing and the you know the the aggression that Navio showed in pursuing the referee. Yes. Which will probably get him suspended, by the way. <laughs> and there was a few of them. Fornarelli, too. I mean, Fornarelli, you cannot fault him at all. He's been fantastic. But the scratching and clawing and the will to win that the coach can't control on the ground. I mean, just take it. Take some responsibility yourself. That's what Warren's talking the about. And, and they don't have that. They and, haven't shown enough of that. And in all honesty, the first half was disappointing but not catastrophic. You know... You, you're going to play games throughout a season where you just might be happy with a point. It's not going your way. You find a way. They just didn't do that. I, I think in some ways uh, Melbourne City lack leadership across the board. It doesn't have enough people who can carry the squad. It's got So, okay, if you're not going to blame the gaffer because there's only so much he can do when, he's, when the 90 minutes are up, then there are other people who aren't or there aren't enough people mobilising the people who are looking for leadership. Well, that's why they brought Hughes in, and that's why they brought Sorensen in. They were a bit criticised because of the age of the two, but that's why they brought them in. For the rally through example is a leader, mm-hmm. but not Moy. In, Moy yeah. through example is a leader. What, you're talking about a yeller and screamer. Is that what they need? You, you've got, I don't think you've got a team those. that doesn't yeah. have time. Yeah. You've got a team that's running out of time. And yes, I applaud those moves, but they're not coming to fruition yet. And Look at the calls we're getting. It's always yeah. the same thing. Actually, off the text messages here, changed your tune, Vinny. Players try, but gaffers stay the same. JVS for four years now, and uh, where are we? Show some heart. There you go. Interesting. Did you change your mind? Did I? I don't think you did. Well, anyway, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate your call. Let's go to Mitch and Nary Warren. Um, maybe has a bit of a different take. G'day, Mitch. Welcome to the show. How are you, boys? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, long-time Heart fan uh, since day one, but... Um you know, everyone's uh, given JVS a bit of stick, but I reckon, you know, pretty harsh. Um, he's uh, hasn't has not had a uh, full team, as you guys have said. And when you, you have said that our best is very good, and if we have a full team in, um, I reckon we can do some damage. And um, yeah, I just think, you know, people do say it's the same game plan every week, but it also is a different team every week. We've got folks in and out week after week. Um, you know, just injuries and all that kind of stuff. But I reckon give us a, uh, a healthy squad, best 11, I reckon we can do some serious damage. But, um, yeah, I just think, you know, people, you know, uh, JVS has been there a long time and um, I think we've had a pretty mediocre squad um, for a lot of that time without the backing of City and stuff. But now, I reckon with Melbourne, with uh, Manchester City, um, if we get a full team out there, I reckon we can uh, really uh, challenge but, okay, Mitch, on face value, I don't disagree, but here's my question to you and here's my question to Melbourne City, come Melbourne Heart or whatever. 
I'd probably like some explanations as to why they haven't been able to get the players on the park with the resources they've got. I don't know, perceptually, over the last couple of years, I get a sense that Melbourne City have had more injuries at the starts of seasons in terms of players not being available and key players, ultimately. It's more key players. Franich is a key player. He's your Australian marquee signing, you know, Robert Corrin, the year before, came in as a big signing, had a calf injury that kept him out, came back early, redid the calf injury. And the number of players with soft tissue injuries at Melbourne City for all the so-called resources that they have. Okay, don't get rid of the coach. Tell me why it's happening and make damn sure it doesn't continue to happen. Because if management was today about about, um, Aaron Hughes... I find that bizarre. They made a decision with Franich not to play him today and to play him for 45 to 50 minutes in the youth team. If Hughes needed that, put Pardaloo back as a central defender. You know, he's more equipped, I would imagine, to play in that position than a Jack Clusby, who's effectively been brought in to take over Jason Hoffman's position as a, you know, left back. And it just, why are they getting all these soft tissue injuries? That's my question. Yeah, I guess it's just... Uh, basically the, the conditioning stuff, as you said, but um, I guess, see, I think that's out of JVS's control. You can't blame him for that. And then uh, people were saying about the, uh, you know, like the inconsistent results, but I don't think that's JVS's fault. And I think JVS's uh, game plan could potentially work with a full team. Like, you look at the names on that. In a full team, we've got Curran, we've got Franich and Zullo uh, playing out of fullback, and then, um, you know, Navillo and Fornaroli, they're all key. Like our game plan is uh, very passing um, orientated, and with them names, I think you know we can we can do damage. And I don't think JVS is to blame at all for any of those soft tissue injuries. And I just give yep. him a chance, I reckon. But I I don't disagree. Their best is good. Their best is clearly good enough, and they've demonstrated. But that's the problem. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah, that you're good at that. I know. I'm just going to say, well, okay, I think he's had his chance. I, I, I don't have any. I don't care whether he stays or goes at Melbourne City. I, I go for victory. I like the, I like. I like it when they win. All right. But JVS on paper, really, it, it's not working. There you go. And that's a, that's a sentiment off the SMS tonight. Um, BT in uh, Ballarat is uh, having his own little rant on the SMS. Yep. Uh, BT, we're hearing you. He's saying, why should why should. Um, the fans turn up after what they're dishing up. In- inconsistency. He's not happy, and uh, we're getting your text messages loud and clear. Yeah, what I, what I say to the fans is, turn up and abuse them, rather than not turn up at all. Okay, Good point. have your say. Turn up. Do not abandon the club because it, what's happening now is small fry to the history of this club in the future. You know, the future of the club. So uh, just just keep on supporting them, but certainly make your feelings known. Let's take a break now on the final whistle and come back with more of this on the, the back of this break on the Fort Diego's 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. At Chelsea Football Club training, we were given a choice. We could either run around the field three times or around Jose Mourinho's head once. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego's.
Thanks for your company on the final whistle with the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Hey, by the way, the Socceroos won last night, <laughs> 3-0. They defeated Kyrgyzstan, of course, and uh, I thought we'd talk about that for half an hour, but it's not going to look like that because uh, tonight, Warren, just in case you haven't been listening, Western Sydney Wanderers <laughs> defeated Melbourne City, 3-0. Uh, Nichols, Piovacari and Bridge scored for the away team. Amy Park, nearly 8,000 people turned up tonight and uh, most of them... Left uh, pretty unhappy after tonight, but uh, we're getting your text messages tonight. Marie, Craig Foster predicted tonight top four for Western Sydney and said he thinks it's uh, one of their best teams ever. Um, City fans, go support the women team. They are doing well, absolutely. Um, You know, we're talking about Kiznorbo, Zulo, Moy, Franjic, Corrin. Everyone relax. Uh, Off the text message, just calling for a bit of uh, perspective. Nothing to do with Moy not playing. They lost uh, him with uh, two weeks ago against Jets. Moy isn't stopping three goals going in. He's not a defender. JVS is in strife. Uh, there you go. Um, lots of text messages here. Um, JVS's win rate is about 30 to 35%, probably the lowest uh, in the league at the moment. So uh, there's people trying to make a case to... Uh, yeah, but he, he got win in one game of the grand final last year. And when he did come back from uh, the time he left, and he came back to the club. He, he turned things around. They nearly made the finals that year. So, look, he, John Van Skip's been good for that club. And we can never forget what, what, he, what he's done for the club. Uh, it's up to, it's up to the, the owners and people who, who assess his performance to decide whether his time's up or not. I, I'm, I'm really loath to call for anyone sacking. Any, I mean, really, who, 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 who are we really to call for someone sacking? It's up to the owners to, uh, to assess this. There's no way people should accept it, though. And John Van Skip, in the little that I know about him, would certainly know that he would be taking responsibility too, as, lo- as well as I'm kind of hoping the players do, but I know John Van Skip would be taking responsibility too. So... 94291116, that is the Soul Searching Hotline. And you've called us tonight. Um, and Dan in Rye has called us from the Mornington Peninsula. Welcome, Dan. Welcome to the show. You there, Dan? No, Dan's gone. Dan's gone for a swim uh, <laughs> in Rye. It's very nice at this time of the evening. Um, BT, yep, uh, I'll give you the score again. Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Melbourne City 3 0, just in case you didn't hear that. But. Um, just getting him off that the, te- off the text it? messages. BT's asking me just to repeat the that score. That becomes repetition then. Yeah, but it did. Anyway, um, so what about Western Sydney Wanderers? Just, just um, how, I think it's what did you early. make of their performance? Oh, look, they've, they've been good the last... I, I really have enjoyed their transition from being a more direct side, uh, playing uh, almost a Route 1 football when they had the big centre forward up front with Kresinger in the, in the early years to the point now they're trying to play some good football. I think Mitch Nichols was a terrific play for him tonight. I haven't always been a fan of Dario Vidisic, but uh, he's showing a little bit. And when he gets more match fit, I'm kind of hoping he, he might be a, a really good uh, sort of a, a connect with Mitch Nichols in the forward part of the, of the, of the ground. Um, their defence is always strong. Uh, I was going to ask Warren what he thinks about Andrew Redmayne. Is he reborn? <laughs> uh, you did end his career in Melbourne. He had to leave the, leave the state to join another team over, over the border. Look, uh, good luck to Andrew. He's got an opportunity in another club, and um, he's doing well so far. He didn't have a lot to do tonight, Carlos. He dived for one that he should have caught, but that's not a major issue. You know the interesting thing? Kept one out. 
Yeah, he dived when he probably should Also, laid one on the plate for Navio too. Uh, with <laughs> yeah, a, he did. With a he did. The interesting thing about Mitch Nichols, everywhere he goes for about the first six months, <laughs> he's a superstar. Yeah, it's and a big factor. Be it yeah. Perth, be it <laughs> Victory, be it yeah. uh, you know Western Sydney Wanderers, be it Brisbane, everywhere he goes for a period of time, he's outstanding, and then he just drops off. If he showed the potential that he does at his best... Mm-hmm. Like when he when he was playing for Brisbane Roar in those in those teams that won things. Yep. I don't think and he's that inferior to Aaron Moy. That's what I was going to ask. Yep. I mean, it would be very interesting suddenly that because Aaron Moy has come out of the blue really to be one of Australia's better players well, now. He was especially let go while, even while even for the Socceroos, he was just brilliant last he's night. Yeah, uh, especially you know being in the stadium watching him live, he was terrific. Of course, it's different. It's much much better when you're there. Watching oh, it. absolutely! Yeah, it, it was <laughs> electrifying. It was TV. electrifying. Yeah. You probably wouldn't have got the the sense of what it was like, <laughs> no, guys, no, watching on TV in Melbourne, but. Did, was being him? in the stadium and yeah. uh, and being lucky enough to be that close to the yeah. the, the electrifying yeah, yeah, yeah. performance, it was just no. unbelievable. Jeez, I wish yeah, I was something you. that you would never understand. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I was just wondering if uh, if Mitch Nichols starts hitting, hitting his form, suddenly you you know you might have another one of those you know really um, creative type midfielders, those hard running. Uh, box to box, Carlos. Well, those ones another are, headache for Ange, Carlos. Well, yeah, that the whole idea about opening. I mean, Moy's passes to Timmy Cale oh, and uh, to Nathan Burns last night gave him so many openings. Those sort of midfielders don't, you know, they don't grow on trees. Oh, and Mitch Nichols can do that sort of work too. Absolutely, uh, it was a great result for the Socceroos. But uh, Dan uh, from Rye has decided that the water was too cold and <laughs> thought, uh, I better go and talk to the Diego's. G'day, Dan. Welcome very back, guys. How you going? Thank yeah, you very, very well. much taking my call. You guys are doing a great job. Well done. Thank you. I might be getting a divorce because I'm always listening to you guys. <laughs> um, look, I just think that I'm airing I'm to the confidence side of things. I think once the boys get a bit of confidence, once the boys get momentum, um, when the pointy end of the season starts and gets a bit more serious, I think there's such quality players, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be really good. But they've got to just um, stay strong and stay uh, tough and... I think a lot of the supporters are jumping off. There's some, including Warren, uh, are remaining uh, hard and strong. Um, but I think I think there is a bit of uh, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So I think we we'll be okay. We'll be really good. On you, Dan. It's Dan. There's a couple of things I do like. I mean, you're one of you're one of a few people like me that are hanging tough. But can I say to you, there's a couple of things that I just a little bit iffy about. First of all. It's a bloody long tunnel if there's light at the end of it. And I'd be a bit more confident if you could actually go down to Coles and buy confidence. I'm just not sure that you can. And it's got to be generated from somewhere. And that's my issue at the moment as to where that confidence is going to be generated. Because already this year, we've seen the 15 to 20 minutes in the second half against Victory when they came back from 2-0. But then they copped a goal and lost. 2-0 up against Newcastle. Find a way to lose. Tonight, nil-nil at half time. <laughs> find a way to yeah, lose. You know what, Warren? Dan was feeling good, and now you just... I don't know where you've taken him. He's just torn up his membership <laughs> card. Dan, thanks for your call. Uh, keep listening to the Diego's, and if you need us to talk to your wife, we're yeah. happy to do so. Maybe some counselling with the Diego's. We could do it live on air. Okay, thanks. So, really enjoyed the soul-searching hotline tonight, 94291116. We've really enjoyed that. Thanks for all your calls. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle right after this on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. If your club has a coach who's a liar, a cheat, and a no-good, low-down, dirty rat, 
It looks to me like you got yourself a winning coach. This has been a profound coaching moment by the four Diego's. Coming up after Diego's It's All Night Appetite, uh, it is the final whistle, and uh, the final whistle is just about to blow on this show. Rodrigo, can I just say, and I, I know Carlos was at the game, and, and, I, and I don't know how much influence he has, but I want to talk about the power of the bystander to um, intervene. Now, it's, it's incumbent on every world football fan to stop the Aussie, 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 oh, oi, oi, oi chant at a game, please. I hated it. It's, it's un-Australian. I, I was actually sitting quite close to that bloke in the Canberra Stadium last night and you know what maybe even worse because you know you might get a drunk guy doing it and you might get a two or three people going along with it but the whole stadium <laughs> went along with it it came through on the yes. on the TV because we were only watching on yeah. TV. Uh, look, with all due respect to our people our friends in Canberra, <laughs> there was a lot of two-headed people oh. in that stadium last night. And can I just say the other thing? I went to the Chili Socceroos game with with my brothers here, and uh, that no, chance does not cut it when you're playing Chili because they've got about <laughs> 10, ten right. songs to go to. That's we've right. got we've only yeah, got that. I know. All right, boys, time to wrap up. Uh, thanks for your company. Thanks for your calls tonight. We really enjoyed that. It was the uh, Soul Searching Hotline. Thanks for your text messages. Mark and Geelong is that light at the end of the tunnel? An oncoming train. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Victory versus Sydney FC tomorrow. So remember, Carlos. We have a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We're over there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We're over there. Wherever there are girls, we threw to their head and balls to their feet. We're over there. Wherever gringos play football. We're over there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! Olé!